Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Here in Beverly Hills with Dr. Millicent Ravello, the body lift queen. Why, hello. (laughs) I love it. I know. And I get more excited each time I hear it. I'm I'm riding with that one. That's a good one. Um, Today, we want to talk about post-op care of the breast augmentation patient. Yes. This is a critically important podcast because... There are a lot of concerns and anxieties in patients that have just had breast implants put in. They get in their own head because they've heard so many horror stories. They're going down the rabbit hole of all the possible complications, and it's been like six hours since their surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will give you some advice because I did have problems one time at the six-hour post-op mark where I got the phone call from the boyfriend that there is a problem with the breast implants he just paid for. Mm. I said, oh, is there a problem? <laughs> what problem is that other than they should still be wrapped in a right. dressing? Why are we looking at them? <laughs> yes. Well, there's a hematoma, I think, because one of them's expanding really big. Yeah. And while we were having sex, I'm not really <gasps> sure oh my as to why that would be. I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, you're an idiot and bring her back in. That's. I mean, is she so, even so awakened up to consent at that point? She's like still under anesthesia. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Step one: obtain consent. No, no sex. Six hours after surgery. Okay. Oh my gosh. Is that a hard one? Is that one that one you need somebody to? tell you is you know, it, I, the part of the post-op care apparently so now i think i'm going to have to revise my post-op care documents and say insane no i know you're really excited about these breast implants i get it but just put it on hold just i say no hold. road tests for at least three weeks yeah i i say treat sex like any kind of physical activity yeah. like riding a bike like going for a run anything that's, <laughs> anything that's gonna be too strenuous or bouncy uh, just don't do it i was like sir do you want to see those breast implants actually out of the body like i just <laughs> closed that up like moments ago hey take it as a compliment he was very impressed with your work i guess i did a good job <laughs> but let's get to them but down seriously. to the real real post-op care so that's that's not the number one. But the number one number one thing is to follow directions. Follow directions. So that you, is number one because people make up this care. Okay, you know what? Let's, let's even go back a step because when I see my patients for their pre-op, which is the appointment that's usually one to two weeks before their surgery, they get a whole folder of information. And yes. included in that folder are post-op instructions. So please read them. Read them before surgery, before you've just had a general anesthetic, like before you're on pain medicines, read them, make sure you understand. That way, if you have any questions, they can be addressed before you go to surgery. So yes. number one, read your post-op instructions before surgery. That's really important. That's huge. Now we can talk about what happens post-op. Post-op, day zero. Take it easy. Take it easy. Go home. Go home. You should have somebody taking care of you. For one night. You need somebody with you. You need somebody who's not having sex with you taking (laughs) care of you (laughs) that night. (laughs) I just, I I still can't get over it. To this day, that story, and it was like 2006 or something, and I was new to Beverly Hills, and I was just like, what? What? (laughs) Are you you kidding? No. Called the team. Hey, we got to drain a hematoma. <sighs> what? You're never going to believe this one. They're like, are you kidding? You know, and the guy when he brought her in, like had his tail between his legs so big time. He was like, 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I've been thinking about it, and you're right. I probably should have waited. I was like, you think? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a hard one. Um, yeah, so have it set up at home. You want to be ready. Let you want to have your medications. Right. So that's the other thing you get at your pre-op appointment. You get your prescription for your medications, and that includes pain medicine, a antibiotic, and usually some kind of muscle relaxant or sure. anxiolytic. You have all of that at home ready for you when you get home. So when you go home, you crawl into your little safe corner, your bed, your sofa. That's all set up for you. You take your medications as directed. You don't do any heavy lifting. You don't do any strenuous activity. You just take it easy. That being said, there are complications that can happen in the first 6 to 24 hours like a hematoma. Probably which the is, most common. It, it's basically bleeding around the implant that causes the implant to swell because there's blood collecting around it. And it's pretty obvious. It gets pretty big pretty quickly. That's an emergency. Right. Call your doctor. You know, for, for real. Because that does need to be taken back. It's not a life-threatening bleeding, but it's a bleeding that needs to be controlled and handled and that blood needs to be washed out so it doesn't infect the implant. But also the, you know, the, the other thing that people need to understand is like freaking out during that moment, it doesn't help. And you know, like actually saying, hey, I think there's a problem. Send a, you know, it's great because you can FaceTime it or yeah. s- Skype it or Zoom it or whatever. And then you can look and you can see one is way bigger than the other. Okay, come back. We got to drain that. Like do it. Yeah. Things happen. They're for real. But typically that doesn't happen. I, I, I've had like two and yeah, I... two or three. One was from vacuuming. One was from sex. <laughs> and then... Uh, there was another one. For, I can't remember what the problem was, but it's been like two or three of them over yeah, my entire career. They're not. They're really is, not you know, that common. A very, very significant number of breast implants. Yes. Um, so they're not very common. But things that, that that do happen is the breast implants look very high after surgery. Yes. This so can freak you out. Don't freak out because <laughs> you're now. Yeah. I don't didn't freak want out. clavicular breast implants. <laughs> so my breasts are here, not on my clavicles. No, it's amazing how quickly the breasts will swell after surgery. Um, and then you the put in spasm. the muscle spasm, which means that, you know, they're going to look even bigger, more swollen. You have lots of padding under that bra. The bra is tight. It's pushing everything in and up. So when you're looking at yourself in your bra, they're going to look like they're up to your chin. And then, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Don't it's worry. Gonna drop. They're going to drop. Don't even look at them. Don't look at the size. Don't look at anything. I would say for at least the first week. Just let it show. Cover the mirrors. Just, yeah. Don't, don't look. Don't look. I mean, you can if you want. But just... Don't freak out if you see something you don't like because chances are it's swelling and it'll get yeah. down and it'll go better. Yeah. And the muscles do spasm and push those because most of us put, I, I tend to put uh, silicone gel breast implants yeah. under the muscle. Yeah, me too. I, I like that covering. I think there are occasions I'll do subfascial or subglandular and those are usually people that like lift weights a lot or, com- or compete or so- some other reason. There's yeah. got to be a specific reason, but in general, I like under the muscle. Me too. So, um, don't freak out. That's freak a big out. one. Uh, <laughs> That's number, take it number easy, two. Don't lift. <laughs> don't, don't freak out. Right. Number one, take it easy. Number two, don't freak out. Some of these things sound so intuitive, but like when you're there you, and you're in it, it's like you freak you, out. Like it's forget. like, oh my god, my implants look like they're yeah, on my chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I didn't want this, and yeah. you know that's not how they're going to look. So that's important. Uh, the other thing to do is to not do any like reaching way over your head or doing things yeah. that can kind of york on the implant because that can cause bleeding and it can also cause uh, malposition. Malposition. Because implants, when we put them in, we put them in a specific pocket where we like them and 
they could potentially move in that initial week or so post-operatively into an area we don't necessarily want them if you're doing extreme range of motion activities and sort of stretching the tissues. So I typically tell patients the first week, don't lift your arms higher than shoulder height. After the first week, you can start lifting your arms overhead. But that's a great excuse to go get your blowouts, let someone else wash your hair. You know, just don't put your arms above your shoulder height. Which brings me to number three, showering. When can yeah. you shower? So when do you, when do you let your patient shower? I usually say 48 hours after surgery. Yeah, you know, you'll have too. these little stereostrips, which are basically Band-Aids we put over the incisions. They stay on. They can get wet. But 48 hours after your surgery, you can take your dressings off. You can get in the shower. You can get everything wet. Um, and then just put your bra and everything else back on. You are going to feel numb. That's sort of the weird thing for some patients. After breast implant surgery or any breast surgery, the skin over the breast feels really numb. Sometimes the nipples can feel numb, although some patients actually have increased sensation. Yeah, you're going to have hypersensitivity. You have hypersensation. Yeah, the hypersensitivity is annoying. Yeah, I have some patients who, like, <laughs> they freak out, like, if their sons go by them or their kids or their husband, like, ah, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me, because <laughs> their breast gets so sensitive to even someone brushing up against them. That all goes away. The changes in sensation all sort of settle out over the next few weeks. But don't be alarmed if you have some sensation changes over right. the breasts. And then after your shower... You know, put that bra back on. Wear the bra as Wear much as possible. Wear the bra. All the time. Oh my All gosh. The time. I keep saying this, but I need to have a whole podcast on bras. But for this one, you will be wearing some version of a compression bra for the first six weeks. It's a compression bra that buttons or opens in the front because I don't want you pulling a sports bra over your head. So it right. needs to be something you can put on and zip up or button in the front and no underwires because typically you'll have an incision no. under the breast and I don't want a wire sitting there. So you'll wear some version of a bra like that for the first six weeks. After that, you can transition to a non-compression bra with an underwire. Yeah, the bra, you got to wear it. You got to wear, wear it. Wear it, wear it, wear it, wear it. Yeah, in the initial phase, it helps with the swelling and it keeps the implants where we want them. Right, and that's the thing. You don't want the implants like roaming around and flopping all over the place because no. they're they're going to... They need to be where we put where them. Where we put them. So that means 24-7, the only time you're taking them off is to shower. Right. And then moving on to, you know, days two or three, things you can expect. We sort of were joking about this, but something that kind of freaks patients out is this feeling of like Rice Krispie treats, like crackling and popping in their yeah, breasts. the air that's the in The air. So when you put implants in, some air is going to get trapped in that pocket and doesn't get out. And eventually it gets absorbed by your body. But before it gets absorbed, you can feel these little popping, little crinkle noises and sounds in the breasts. Or sloshing. Or sloshing. <laughs> and or sloshing. there's not fluid in there per yeah. se, but it's just the implant like rubbing through the pocket. So yeah. they, there can be these like odd sounds that definitely will go away with time. Yeah, that, yeah. that does. That definitely all goes away. Um, and I would say usually by day three-ish, you know, if this is your first breast augmentation, you're going to start feeling better. The pain's going to ease up. It's not going to be as severe. And usually by day seven, you're feeling okay. You're going back to work. If you're at a desk job, you're walking around, you're doing errands if need be. Like you're doing okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I usually tell people if as when they get off pain medicine, they're good to go. I mean, they yeah. can go back to work. Might be five. I mean, it's bad to like do like accounting on drugs. 
<laughs> you know, no, or, no, you don't. Don't, <laughs> don't do a therapy session. Don't do like lawyering. <laughs> like, don't be like an attorney for somebody on drugs. On like, drugs. No, sorry, we lost the case. You know, yeah, like, need no. to be off pain medicines before yeah. you go back to work. But yeah, I would pilot say, on drugs, not good. Not like, a good idea. You know, like, don't don't fly the plane until yeah. you're like off the medications. But usually by a week, you're fine. I mean, I have patients that will have you know surgery on a Thursday and get back by a Monday. If you know, yeah, they're not too totally. You know, aggressive with their jobs. But then in terms of physical activity, um, three weeks, I'll let you start doing some light walking, maybe on a treadmill. Um, No upper body and no core stuff quite yet. So no weights, no yoga, nothing where you have to put pressure on the chest. So really like walking and maybe a light elliptical with your arms in place. But no strenuous activity, no heavy lifting, no really bouncy cardio for a good six weeks. Yeah, I don't like them running for six weeks, no. maybe even eight. Yeah, no, I want, no, definitely not. And then that's what, then usually at about two weeks is when I get the sex question. And I can always see it on people's faces. And they're in the in the room, the waiting room, and we finished our exam. And then they get this look on their face. And I just know it's coming. And it's like, um, can I, um, so my husband wants to know, <laughs> when can I have sex? Or when can I have sex well, again? I don't like them getting road tested for at least three to four weeks. You no, know? You know, that's why I say least. you treat it like strenuous physical activity. Yeah, like, I that's mean, what it is. So, I, you know, like, I say you can have sex, like, you know, but just leave these alone. Like, you can yeah. do, like, get creative. You know, yeah, and the, or like, I say wear a bra. Wear, wear your bra during yeah. sex and um, just l- keep everything in place. Yeah, but you know, they want to they try out the goods. I know. You know, I know it's like, I know. come on, people. It's so like, tempting. Let it heal. <laughs> let it heal. Just, it, it's a surgical wound for God's sake. Like, cool your jets. Take your amyl nitrate if you need to. Whatever, whatever it is. Like, just, no. And then that being said, you know, I think it's important to know what are the warning signs if there are problems, because certainly problems do exist at times. We sort of touched on the hematoma, which will happen in the initial 24 hours usually. Is when it does happen. That. It does happen. They suck. Um, and then outside of the 24-hour window, the next thing that you might be concerned about would be infection. You would typically see that at 5 to 14 days. Yeah. Postoperatively, very rare. Very and primary rare. breast augmentation. And a primary cosmetic breast augmentation, very rare. Knock on wood. I haven't seen one. You know, but it but is. It, it a does possible, happen. It does yeah. happen. I, I have friends who've had it. I've, I've done enough. I'm sure it will happen at some yeah. point. But you know, it, and, you it's, know, it's have, reality. And the thing too is, you know, I have a lot of patients that work in healthcare and that are nurses, and you know, they're, they're around contaminated, uh, contaminated with stuff. MRSA. So here's and, the thing. Here's what I will put out there, which I do for. Um, especially people that are in healthcare or have work in nursing homes or anything like that. I have them do the MRSA. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't really test them for the staff. So MRSA is a staff infection and it's very common in hospitals and any kind of nursing care facilities, gym facilities, and it lives in your nose. So that's where the bacteria like to hide and it won't cause any problems until it does. And so right. it is a potential source of infection of a foreign body or anything. So I'll have my patients do a little Bactroban in their nose for a couple of days before surgery. Oh, you, just, you just do that? Just do it. Really? If I think they're at high risk for having oh, I see. MRSA because they work in a hospital. But if or they work at 7 Eleven, no. No, no, no. But if they're at any. I wish I worked at 7 <laughs> Eleven. There's so many good treats there. I would weigh 3,000 pounds I if I worked at 7 Eleven. Yeah. Oh, 
Can you imagine? Oh, those Delicious. are so good. When the nachos. The Slurpee. Mm. Now you're talking. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but I mean, like that seven, the guy that works at 7-Eleven, well, it's not a guy, the girl that works at yeah. 7-Eleven, you don't have to do that. No, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I've just not seen problems in primary you breast really, augmentation. It is very rare. But if you see it, the warning signs would be, you know, redness, um, some pain. Red, hot, swollen, painful. Yeah, I might breast. have a fever. And I've seen a breast reconstruction, oh, where, especially sure. where there's been radiation. Oh, for sure. Breast reconstruction is a whole different It's a whole different discussion. Game. But yeah, that you should call your doctor, your surgeon right. for. You see yeah. any kind of redness, funniness, warmth, pain that's getting worse as opposed to better, call your surgeon. Um, I start my patients on massage mm. uh, five days after where they, I, you know, sometimes even earlier, but I like them to move the implant in towards the cleavage and up to keep it like like a piston in a cylinder yeah you know i really even though even though they may look high i tell them to massage them up because i want them to drop it's counterintuitive they want to push it down and sometimes you do need to use a breast sometimes band. you do yeah. sometimes the the muscles get in such spasm you use what's called a breast band which is a either an ace wrap or, or there you can buy a breast band on amazon now yeah. for like 12 bucks it goes over the top of the implants and, and sort of pushes, pushes it, down it down into the pocket yeah. because the muscles are in such strong spasm. But you rarely have to do that. I, mm-hmm. I find that they settle and drop and it takes a good, you know, three weeks to get to a reasonable point. But then like it's a three to six month process before those breasts, really, those breast implants really become really your settle. kind of your breasts or your own. Yeah. I mean, six weeks until the skin and soft tissue is pretty much healed, but really the implants themselves are going to change and evolve for the next six months i think is a good number for a primary augmentation yeah. up to a year for a secondary um <laughs> do you get your patients coming in and asking you when their when their implants are going to drop and drop and fluff drop and fluff have you heard this drop and fluff yeah i think that's the terminology i had a patient <laughs> come in and ask me about that i'm like i have no idea i thought that meant something different but i'm not going to talk about that <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, <laughs> but but sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. In the drop world in, of implants, in the world of implants, I want them to drop, drop and fluff. <laughs> I think that's the word. Maybe I'm messing I think it you up. You can get arrested for saying that. Actually, <laughs> I'm not sure that that. Gee, this is like the Me Too world. Like, I would never say that. You might be able to say that to your patients, but I can't. But it's basically. Like in the world of social media and Facebook groups, it's when the implants drop right, into and then position, sort of like and breasts. they they look a little bit bigger, a little bit fuller because now they're filling out the lower aspect of the breast mount. I, I totally got what it meant, but I just thought it was funny. I'd never heard that. <laughs> no, I. Never, I'm going to look it up now. Maybe it's a hashtag. <laughs> Let's. Don't even we, want it. No, <laughs> what we'd find if we put that. In. <laughs> We got to do it now. <laughs> Drop and fluff. <laughs> <laughs> so we started uh, out our podcast talking about sex, and now we're finishing with dropping and no, fluffing. I, oh gosh, I, you, you sorry, said mom. <laughs> yeah, well, but this is the thing: is that I, I tell them that's exactly what's going to happen. I didn't use that terminology, but you, they do drop into position, and then they become much more breast-like. Yeah. At the six month mark. That's what that definitely. term definitely, I, yeah. I, I got it as soon as you said it. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for because the patients want it to get that way. And it does take time. You, it it's time. not overnight. And they're, you know, and, and the, the thing that happens along the way that is disconcerting is capsular contracture. Now we have a whole yes. other podcast about that because depending on what studies you read, it's somewhere between three and 17%. Yeah. 
seven to fourteen percent, whatever whatever you want to say, it happens. It and definitely it, and happens. And it's on like a and it is the worst. It sucks. It's the worst when you see you see them at their three month follow up or their one year follow up, <sighs> and you open the door and you're like, <laughs> capsular contracture. <laughs> yeah, when that happens, it sucks because really. There is a medication. You can put people on Singular or Accolate. These are two medications that in a serendipitous finding, were they were asthma medications, but they do soften capsules. And there's actually an FDA indication mm-hmm. to prescribe them for capsular contraction. Insurance typically will pay for those medications for that indication. However, they only work if the capsules are early and, saw, yes. and sort of not, not the Baker 4 hardened, rough Capsular contractures right. that that suck, and you have to reoperate. All the more reason to follow up with your plastic surgeon Definitely. on a regular basis. You got to do. You got to follow directions. Got to follow up because these things, if caught early, can be treated. Yeah, and, sort and of. please listen to our our uh, our podcast about capsular contracture. I forget the date, but it, it was probably about. Uh, it was probably about two. It was before COVID, so yeah. I think it was in February or January, but you know, uh, of 2020. But definitely listen to that podcast because we go through all the issues with capsular contracture and what has to be done and how you can hopefully not get one. Um, I I don't know. I I think they they just happen. It sucks. There's when no it rhyme does. or reason. Yeah, we can't figure yeah. out who it is. People think, oh, it's some bacterial thing, or it's maybe there's blood in the pocket, or it's this and. You know, who knows? Yeah. Well, there are probably multiple reasons that capsules occur because what it is is that the, the scar tissue around the implant gets firm. And, you know, there is scar tissue that forms around every foreign body and in, in, in every medical device. You know, a, a breast implant is like a hip replacement or a heart valve or, a you know, a, an implantable, you know, pain device, brain stimulator. They, they are foreign bodies and the, the body's response is to make scar tissue. If that scar tissue becomes too hard, you get a capsular contracture. It sucks. Doesn't look good, and the way you treat it is with surgical release. Right, but if you follow up early, maybe we can treat it before it gets to that stage. Yeah, maybe we could get you on Accolade or Singular. Yeah. yeah. What else, Doctor? What other things do we need to to go over? Oh, body lift queen. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm down with that. I'm down with that lift. nickname. Body right, lift you, do, queen. you are the body lift queen. Little do people know how many body lifts that you're doing. <laughs> do a lot. It's scary. Yeah. I don't even know how you do it. Like your 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 PA must just so like the wind. She does. You need that. You can't you, do them alone. You cannot do them alone. You'd be in there for oh eighteen my gosh. hours. Can you imagine? Help. No. No, I can't. I've I don't think I've well no, I've never I've never done a body lift alone. No, you that have to have awful. an assistant. You yeah. have to. Yeah. You have to have an assistant who can really sew. You know, because that's the thing, like, people don't understand these big operations where you're, you know, doing the breasts and the tummy and, you know, you need, you need helpers. You need a lot of help. You have the chef, (laughs) a la, you know, the body lift queen queen here, and then the sous chefs, which, you know, you say, okay, and I'm, you finish that part, now you sew this and you sew that. That's why breast augmentation is so much more pleasant. (laughs) You go in, it's going to be an hour and 15 minutes, maybe an hour and a half if you're really fussing and. You know, then you're done and you move on and do another one. You know, it's good. Body yeah. lift, you do it and you need to go like for a massage. And a shower. And a shower <laughs> and and you need like therapy. Like it's, like, <laughs> it's like a real operation. It's great though. You know, maximally invasive as we said. That's right. So anything else on the uh, on the breast augmentation post-op care? I think that was most of it. I think we got it. 
Yeah, I have a breast timeline that I give people. Hmm. That's usually helpful. Maybe I'll uh, put that up on our on our Instagram with the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Drop. Drop and fluff. Drop and fluff. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> that's going on there. That that that's my next post. All right. Well, thank you, Doctor Ravello. And uh, we'll see you next time again. Thanks again to our listeners. We really do appreciate you all spreading the word. Please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We are very interested in your reviews. If there are topics you'd like us to cover, yes, you please. can send them to us. Just direct message either uh, Dr. Ravello at, at Ravello Plastic Surgery. You can send it right to the at Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery pod or me at Dr. J. Calvert. Uh, D-R-J-A-Y-C-A-L-V-E-R-T like I needed to spell any of those they're probably pretty easy um, but we will definitely respond to your topics your questions and this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210 the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa this is Medi Spa located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach providing services such as Botox fillers lasers and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-640-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rock Spa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty. And if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery. But there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.